Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the PodQuest. PodQuest. Broadcasting from all around Vol Nation. Where we talk about Vols football, basketballs, recruiting, and exclusive interviews with those closest to the program. Now, you're about to experience the PodQuest. Good evening, PodQuest fans. Uh, this is Georgia Tech Vol. I'm actually not wearing uh, pants tonight during this edition of the PodQuest. Um, I wanted to try something out different and see if it messed with the sound at all. So uh, glad we're not doing the YouTube live for people to actually see what's going on. People would not be complaining about the chair that I sit in um, if they could see me tonight. So you're welcome for that, PodQuest fans. But again, this is George Tech Vol. Um, I feel like maybe I should be playing the Undertaker's Grim Reaper type music because supposedly Tennessee basketball is officially dead now since they've lost two of the last three. And uh, but I'm all all jokes aside, we're so excited to be here tonight and talk all things Tennessee Vols. Um, got a great cast and crew with me this evening. Um, starting with PTC Vol, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Doing good, man. Glad to be back on another episode of the PQ. I like it. Some, uh, I like ready the to PQ. Talk <laughs> ready to talk things, Vols, and uh, roast you over a star is born. Well, you just took away one of my the you took away the fire of the segment, but yes, we we will be talking about a star is born. This has been a hot topic over the past maybe many months now. Um, I keep seeing it. Even my wife was talking about a star is born. Um, I see it everywhere that I go, and it really is bothering me. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, yeah, it's good to have you on, my friend. Glad to have you on here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have a good show tonight. Uh, speaking of my friend Powell Vall, how are you, man? Um, how are you doing as well? I know you've been dealing with the weather stuff. How, how are you doing first and foremost? You're safe. You're in a secure location. You're good to go. Yeah, we're good. Um, it got uh, it got water got pretty close to the house. Uh, luckily, um, it quit when it did. I don't, I don't know what would have happened if it had rained for another day or whatever. But but anyway, uh, everything's okay. And water seems to receding seems to be receding now everywhere. So uh, it's going to take a while, especially some places the harder harder hit areas. So it's going to take yeah. a while. But um, but you know, there's quite a few people that lost a lot of property and um, a lot of water got up into a lot of people's houses and stuff. So this wow. is um, something that personally I haven't seen since probably my my junior year in high school. Um, it flooded really really bad. And but since then I can't remember a time where it just rained. I think I think they said uh, in Knoxville it's rained for 11 straight days. We've had measurable rain for like 11 straight days, and I just cannot remember that ever happening before. Wow. You know, so but yes, yeah, the schools are closed tomorrow because there's still I think they said there was 60 roads in Knoxville that are completely closed still, where it's impassable. They got roadblocks up and stuff. So anyway, wow, wow. Well, again, we're we we've seen a lot of the videos and and photos, and again, we're we're glad one that you're safe. And then two, that you could join us. So thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. Um, most certainly. And we're, we're glad for your safety, my friend. Um, and we've got another guest, one of our mainstays, my father, he brings us in all the, the guest speakers and, uh, not speakers, but guest casters. And, uh, he's brings us in all of the endorsements granted. They are for the 65 plus, age group. Um, and you're also, I think, uh, we had to pry you away from the Oscars tonight. Bleed Orange 23. How are you? Well, you know, I just 
can't get enough of that red carpet action and seeing what everybody's wearing, son. Um, Good. Yeah, you're watching that Joan Rivers show. Well, I know she's not here anymore, but whatever that one, <laughs> that red carpet show that they do where they judge everybody. That was. Oh like, yeah, it's, you know, it, <clears throat> life just doesn't get much better than that. I mean, it's it's awesome. Good, good. Well, we're, we're glad to have you on. And I, I didn't even know if you're going to be on. I, I called you SOS, 911, SOB, everything. I, I tried to get you to call me back and I kept, I assume you're watching the Oscars. So I'm, again, glad that you're on and glad that we have the, the DVR so that you can record this and watch it. Probably, I'm sure you'll be watching it tonight. So you can fast oh, forward. No, commercials. no question. But, you know, I, I, I learned that we had an absolutely special guest on this evening and was excited to come on and greet him and, and looking forward to, to hearing his take on some uh, things all Big Orange Nation wants to hear. Uh, exactly. And what a good segue there. Vol fan in LA won. I have to put the one at the end because I believe you have the one at the end of that, but Thank you for being on. He's been listening for a, a number of months now, probably I would assume from the beginning, and always gives us incredible feedback, uh, good, bad, and different. It's, it's awesome. And Volfan in LA also, shout out again. Um, I made a thread a little while ago. He sent me uh, the king cake, uh, which my family devoured, and uh, it was incredible. I did not find the baby, but, you know, uh, what are you going to do? I, I don't know if that's bad luck for seven years, but uh, all fan in LA one, thank you for joining. How are you tonight, my friend? Uh, doing great. Glad to be here. I'm probably the biggest PodQuest fan. Uh, I've heard it, listened to it since the first show. Uh, love the GQ, like I said, especially PodQuest, and maybe I can give a little perspective from down here in this rabid LSU country. Uh, anyway, good to be here. Yeah, that had that had to have been a tough loss, obviously. And you know, I feel like Tennessee fans kind of have LSU, at least in football, kind of have LSU as like a second favorite team. Do you think that's true? Uh, yeah, especially where I work at. Like, there's on we employ about 600 people, and I'm in contact with those guys a lot. And believe it or not, we have to wear a lot of safety vests and. A lot of yellow and orange and things. You'd be surprised, guys, walking around when they're not in purple and gold. Put on the orange Tennessee hats. Just <laughs> better go buy them and have them for safety. So I mean, and they they like talking to me about all things balls too. So oh nice, I agree with that. That's probably that's probably true. Well, let me tell you something. That that king cake, man. Yes, sir. If y'all never had king cake before, go out and get some somewhere. I don't know where you can get it, but that stuff's amazing. It's the bomb. Yeah, where did you, if you want to do a little plug, not that we get paid from these folks, but where was that, that shop that you got it for, sent over to us from? I had that drop ship from uh, south of here. It's down in, uh, I guess that's Covington or Mandeville area. It's the yeah. uh, Buttercrisp Diner. They're open 24-7, but uh, I've been frequent in that establishment. We go to New Orleans, we'll go over there. And I tried one several years ago. And like I said, down in Louisiana this time of year, you can get a king cake. You walk outside your front door, and there's king cake, you know, oh, yeah. Mardi Gras. Nice. And I've never... I've never had anything quite like the one I sent you. So anyway, yeah, oh, cakes yeah. I kept, good. I got a, my, my wife's sister lives with oh. us. She's a senior in high school and I kept coming downstairs and finding very large slivers going left and right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she was definitely attacking it. Speaking of uh, Mardi Gras, do you have any crazy stories that uh, you can share? I know PTC has a few, but uh, do you have any crazy Mardi Gras uh, experiences? No, I've only been twice, and uh, I never did get in on the action like a lot of people. Yep. Of course, I did raise my shirt, you know, and got me a few beads. Okay. They're still, All right. they're still, they're still <laughs> hanging on the wall in there. But most of my stories, I probably don't remember someone else. Like, do they throw beads for you to pull your shirt down or? 
What was that? They did in my case. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome, man. No, we're, we're, we're excited to have you on here. And um, if you want to talk a little bit about kind of how you became a Tennessee fan and then also just, you know, how long you've been on VolQuest and how you kind of came about here and what you think so far, we'd, we'd love to hear that as well. I know a lot of people listening uh, would as well. Well, it started when I was about nine years old growing up. I mean, these people around here, they're extremely loyal to LSU, even in North Louisiana. You know, we've got Louisiana Tech 15 miles up the road. And, you know, there's some more universities, small ones in this area, but they're extremely loyal to LSU. But I remember eight or nine years old, my family loved football, watched all the LSU games. But I remember those those big guys running out there in that orange and just watching them, you know, and just playing. And it started from there. I mean, I remember, like, all the quarterbacks, like Andy Kelly. I just remember, like, I think I had LSU. Yeah, Andy Kelly posters in my room. And hmm. It just started like that. And I've always kind of chosen my own path. So I've been the outcast in the family, you know, always in my arms. As far as the general quarters or VolQuest, I finally decided to join. Dooley was coaching right here at Louisiana Tech. I mean, that's for another that's a conversation another time. I was really disappointed when he left here and went to Tennessee, not because I thought he was a great coach at Tech. It's just because I kind of knew what they were getting, you know. Yeah, really good. So, shower uh, discipline. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hygiene. Uh, anyway, I was, but after he left, as I hate to admit it, Butch got hired, and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to get behind this guy. I'm going to try him. You know, he's done okay at Cincinnati, riding yeah. Brian Kelly's, you know, coattail, but we'll see. And I joined up, you know, decided I was just going to do it, and I did. And I've been on there ever since. So that's nice. how it happened. Well, do you have, yeah. since, you know, you've you lived through those, those years, uh, do you have any grievances you want to get off your chest? Uh, any Butch Jones grievances? No, I, there's plenty of people on the GQ that have said way more than I ever could about Butch, and I'm sure there'll be more about him this week on there. Mm-hmm. No, it's just he was a Mac coach, and that's what we got. Yep. We, kind of paying the price for it right now so we need we need more posters like you we need less of me and more of you you're a very level-headed poster and we appreciate i'll agree with that (laughs) we need less of me especially when you've been drinking (laughs) (laughs) see well now everyone can accuse me of drinking every single time so maybe in the past that would have been the case but that subsided quite substantially. So now, just, uh, yes. So I'm very proud of that. So now I, I go to the uh, lemon ginger uh, tea, yogi tea. Um, had a kind of a tough, tough week in the basketballs world. But one thing I did want to, you know, the past couple of weeks, we did have a very interesting one from from Drake, I believe, Draco one, and it was, did you, would you rather hook up with one, put someone on a deserted island, or marry one? And you got to choose each one of those for these three women, and the three women were Joy Behar, Barbara Streisand, and Amy Schumer, and I think PTC Vol. Who did you say you wanted to marry? You said you wanted to marry Joy Behar. I'm just trying no, to. Streisand. Oh, you wanted to marry Streisand, yeah, because because mm-hmm. Drake's made a, a couple of references now, so I think that's starting to become your thing. Um, it was absolute genius that he tagged me in that uh, thread he started. That was absolute genius. I'm going to call you out for that one, Drake. That was, I'm giving you a shout out on that one. Well done, my friend. No, it's it's good, and that this is the kind of stuff that we like on on the podcast is is kind of the back and forth between all the other board members, and and also please remember, guys, this is a little. Uh, we're going to put this in here, but we will be meeting during the SEC championship during the tournament weekend. I've said this a number of times. I want to keep plugging it for those who are listening because, it, you know, believe it or not, we still get responses when we post this thing and people say, well, we didn't even know that this was something that was even there because we've only been stickied at the top <coughs> one time. And that was during the, the Jamal Lewis interview. But uh, anyway, 
we're going to have a big get together here up in Nashville and it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be a really fun time. So if you have a chance to make it, please make it. Well, I'll be posting a, another thread on here soon just to see headcount and all that kind of good stuff. Cause we, we did an initial thread to see what people thought about it. So it's, there, there's going to be a lot of people there and you don't want to miss it. Even if you're, you know, not, if you're a couple hours away, we're driving from a couple hours away from here in in Atlanta, a number of us. And so it's going to be really fun. So, oh, and one last thing I do want to, sorry to talk too much, everybody, but one thing I did want to tell everybody that's listening, something that we're really excited about because we've done a lot of work behind the scenes as a podcast. Again, this is something that we do really for fun and for just the camaraderie between the board members of, of all quest. But one of the things, as you've seen, in addition to our incredible avatar that we got done, and those are all of our stunning faces, we are officially now on iTunes. So those of you who use iTunes, you can go and go into the podcast category and actually type in PodQuest and see all the past ones and see all the future ones that, that come up. So a really, uh, we are still going to be on SoundCloud, but we're going to also be on iTunes. So it's easier for people to download and easy for us to reach additional audience. So we're really excited about that. So one thing I would like to say is thank you to everybody that listens and also thank you to the other casters ptc bleed orange powell priest fall shout out man shout out to you my friend um and also some of the guys that have joined during the football season uh power t um and and all the others that we've had on so again thank you everybody for listening and making this thing really fun so with that said i'm off of my monologue here but uh powell i did um is there anything else i think you want to talk a little bit about baseball before we um before i talk uh stars born with uh, ptc I was I was just thinking um, that just to have something uh, something not negative to talk about, um, we could touch on you know the baseball team and the start that they're on this year. Uh, really impressed with them, second year for the coach, and um, I think they're six and zero. They've only given up one run, and the pitchers are really 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 pitching well. I think they I think either yesterday or today I'm not sure they they had like twenty or twenty one strikeouts or something like that. That's uh, pretty wow. amazing. But anyway, that's, um, I'm just, you know, I don't really feel like talking about talking too negative tonight. So, yeah. But I'd bring up something positive. Exactly. No, we're going to, we're going to, I like that. I, I like how this is going. And I like what your mentality is, Powell, because that is what we do here at PodQuest. We bring people together, except for the threads that I post. This podcast <laughs> is a positive podcast and it's fun and it's upbeat. And that's what makes this thing entertaining for you guys. So baseballs are doing really well. I don't really know too much about it, but it's exciting to kind of look from afar at the moment. I think they have really cool jerseys, and maybe that's part of it. They got some swag or something. Who knows? But really exciting. And speaking of swag, supposedly PTC Vol, and also to an extent Duke Silver Vol. I know you're listening. You've got this thing downloaded immediately, Duke. You guys have been on this little thing about A Star is Born. I know the movie's been out for a long, long time now. Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, and I believe it's a remake, which I got a, a, um, chastised for asking. If it is a remake. I had no idea it was a remake. I, I had an idea, but I, I didn't know fully, so that's why I asked it earlier. But what is your, all of a sudden now, you, you're just obsessed with this movie, and you can't seem to stop talking about it. And Lady, Lady Gaga, you're ready to propose to her, and, and Bradley Cooper, you're ready to propose to him in certain states. 
And it's like, you know, what is this affinity for uh, a star? I've been a friend of Bradley Cooper's ever since The Hangover. And he, uh, when he played Chris Kyle in American Sniper, uh, he just elevated his acting career to another level. And, you know, he was actually taught how to sing for this movie. And he and Lady Gaga wrote every song that's in the original score for this movie, except for one, which um, Duke Silverball, shout out to him let us know that Jason Isbell wrote, which was a pretty fantastic song. And it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. I watched it yesterday. How many times? It was once. And I watched Bohemian Rhapsody today too, today, but um, it was a fantastic movie. I had no idea what to expect. And, the ending was pretty brutal. I, uh, I did not see that coming um, at all. And Bradley Cooper is a fantastic actor. Sam Elliott, who is one of my favorite actors of all time, is in the movie. He is fantastic. And Lady Gaga was pretty impressive. One of the things that I uh, admired most about her is that she shed all of her kind of costume shtick that she does when she performs her uh, in her concerts. And she looks like demon shtick. Well, whatever, you know, the various costumes she puts on. But anyways, and she looks like the all-American girl. She really does. And I was just completely blown away. I mean, she is the kind of beauty she has is the all-American girl. Well, then, of course, when she sings, it's just absolutely phenomenal and it's a it's a great um it's a great movie that's uh that could be a comedy and a tragedy all in one i you know i didn't think it was that great of a movie <laughs> i think that it's forced down everybody's throat a little bit too much i think they're really trying to you know make something out of lady gaga and duke silver made a point he said that you know because you're on this train that she is she did a phenomenal job and now he's going down and saying well she didn't do that great of a job but the other one i thought she was uh, i thought her uh I thought she did extremely well for being someone who has never been in really much of anything. Uh, I mean, it's it's not an Oscar-winning performance to me by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, when you have Sam Elliott and um, is she up for an Bradley Oscar? Bradley Cooper, there? she is, and Bradley Cooper. Uh, you know, when they're the actors that are right beside you, it's you're gonna feel pressure to up your game, and she stepped up to the plate. Is that I was, how I was you impressed feel when, when you're on the podcast with us. I'm sorry. Is that how you feel when you're on the podcast with us? That you have to step your game up because I'm as good as I am. You yes. have to step the game up with <laughs> us. Um, no, I I think that we should do a ban, a permanent ban bet if she doesn't win an Oscar. She won't. I don't think she will. <laughs> I don't think she's worthy of it. Well, exactly. So that this is my point. This is exact. You've made my point here. A star is born. This whole thing was around Lady Gaga. It's not because of Bradley Cooper. This is because of Lady Gaga and she didn't even do no. great of a job. That is my point. I think she did. So I think she did a fantastic job, but it's not Oscar worthy. I mean, right. Oscar worthy in my opinion. And obviously I don't think the Academy has done a good job picking Oscar uh, winners for best picture, et cetera. Um, or for the, like at least the last 10 years, uh, they've missed a bunch of them. Uh, but you know, somebody's I don't think hers was, attention. I know somebody's paying a lot of attention to this. I really don't think her, uh, <laughs> her turn was really worthy of an, even an Oscar nomination. Uh, I don't even know who the other women are that have been nominated for Oscars. I just know it was Lady Gaga is one of them. It'll be interesting what happens. I'm, I'm sure we will get uh, live updates from Bleed Orange 
a little bit later, but uh, <laughs> I think yeah. Rami Malek runs away with Best Actor. Well, again, he I mean, is, I, he's incredible in Mr. Robot. I watched uh, Bohemian Rhapsody today, and there were times where I forgot I wasn't watching Freddie Mercury. No, he does a good job, and and you know what one of his first um, roles was, right? That show, Mr. Robot. No, before that. No, I don't. All right, so here's a little trivia, and I'm terrible at trivia, but you remember Night at the Museum, the mummy guy, yes. uh, the guy that was the mummy that was wrapped up. Am I allowed to say mummy? Yeah. Is that PC? I don't know. But anyway, so the mummy guy, and he's the prince, whatever his name is, that comes out of the mummy. That's that's uh, common. Yeah, Tutankhamun. That's that's the guy. That's him. Go back and look it okay. up. That's him. So it's it's really interesting to say, oh, that's the guy from Night at the Museum, and then he's Mr. Robot. And now he's doing Bohemian Rhapsody. So of uh, all fans, I'm sure you've seen it. What what do you think of uh, of a Star Is Born? Well, I can't say a whole lot. I took my wife to watch it opening weekend that Saturday night. And let's just say that the fulfillment of watching that movie happened later. So I'll just leave it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah i've got nothing bad to say about stars born if i have to i'll go watch it again that's great wow. <laughs> but i did like the original better but she's not listening you like the, you like the 1937 film <laughs> 1937 well, i'm talking about the one with barbara strassan and uh, uh-oh who would you rather the 1937 no. film was the first one that ever came out oh okay this was the third one then because it's been done twice well Val uh, fan in la the thing is <clears throat> You were forced against your will to go the first time. Are you going to be yes. forced the second time for the extra benefit aspect? No, no, sir. No, I'm. <laughs> if she asked me to go, I'll be in the car before she will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're looking for you to post pick. Yeah, Probably not on the GQ. No, I want to. Not really. <laughs> yeah. One of the worst decisions to make is post any pictures. So right. it didn't work out too well for me. So not that the pictures were bad. It's just the comments were worse. So, so good. No, good discussion. PTC. I love you, man. I just stars born. I know you're going to ride or die with Gaga, but uh, you, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of her music. I man. actually think she has pretty wonderful music. If you look at bad romance and uh, paparazzi and some of those other ones, very good songs. You go back and listen to them. They're quite spectacular, but it's start. Uh, what was the yeah poker face yeah. you know that's another one as well that was my dad's ringtone he found out finally <laughs> how to do ringtones a number of years after they were kind of a thing and he got the poker face as his ringtone he goes see get it get it poker face i was like i got it i got it um, <laughs> my son put it on there and i had a terrible time changing it <laughs> That's because I changed the passcode to your phone, Dad. So, um. <laughs> That's okay, Bleed Orange. My ringtone was Promiscuous Girl, so it's cool. <laughs> hey, listen, Nelly Furtado is hot. Oh, it's all good. Yeah, she was. A, oh yeah. She, she yeah. changed. She changed like her whole thing to do like the sex appeal after a while, which. Yep. Is, uh, she went from "I'm like a bird" to you know, yeah. "Rip my top off" and. Call me bad yeah. man. <laughs> I was okay with that. And we were all. Well, you know, okay sir, I that. hope I hope you liked it when I put somewhere over the rainbow on your phone for a while. <laughs> that, yes, thank thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that, Dad. No, that was loud great. and proud. Um, so moving on. So we're gonna be we're, we're gonna be po- we're gonna be positive here. Okay, Tennessee did win its you know first game in the week. How do we want to talk about this LSU game? I actually I think there's an interesting thread that we should really talk about. Let's not necessarily break down the score. Everybody has kind of broken that down and what happened in the game. Um, I think one thing we should talk about is the officiating. And and uh, Hart's first choice actually texted us an interesting thread that was on VolQuest about 
one of the referees that's a big LSU fan. And I think he called 44 fouls. Or, does anyone know the numbers, Powell? You probably know the numbers pretty well. Well, what I what I read was um, something like the average referee blows his whistle somewhere around like 22 times a game. And I think uh, one of the officials blew his like 19 times. The other one was like 23 and so uh, if we equate this to a prostitute on a Saturday night, yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Okay. Dude's made, dude made a lot of money because <laughs> he blew his 44 times. Apparently. <laughs> well, that's a lot uh, of that yum yum sauce from Hibachi. Oh, yeah, we need to have our own podcast on just Hibachi and all the nuances. Yes, that. um, coming to a podcast near you sometime, but yeah, my thing, pal, you know, and I'll ask you real quick. I mean, did you think that the referees had a say in this game if it had been a little bit more neutral that Tennessee could have at least I mean if we remember Tennessee was up nine or ten with a number of minutes left um, five and a half to go you know what do you think do you think that kind of changed the trajectory a lot of those you know I don't want to say all phantom calls but just over the whole period of the game do you think that swayed swayed at LSU's way finally I don't know I, it, I remember thinking like when we were up like nine and then they started closing the gap and I mean, you, I, I do have to give LSU credit for – I can't remember that one guy's name. He's, he drove the ball on Smart, Javon like, Smart. Yes, every time. But it seemed like every time he did that, I felt like our defense was actually pretty good, and they caught a foul like every single time he, he went to the rim. Yes, yeah. And, um, you know, I was – in. You know, I'm, I'm, and obviously I'm looking at it through orange, go- orange glasses, but um, I didn't feel like we got some of the calls underneath. I felt like there was a lot of over-the-backs that wasn't called. But, Hooking I mean, holes. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And, and, you know, nobody's really talking too much about the first 30 seconds of the game, I believe it was, when Grant Williams got thrown to the ground. Right. I mean, that was – I mean, yeah. that was yeah. – and, I, you know, they gave, him an F, they gave him an F1, but that was a malicious type – you know, um, foul. I mean, he tried to throw him to the ground. So, I mean, but um, a couple of the one, a couple of things that stood out was right, right before halftime, um, we had the ball with a few seconds left. Bone, I think maybe steals the ball. We get a rebound or something. He takes off with it, and he gets ran over by a guy, and the ball just goes out of bounds, and LSU gets the ball back, and the referee's standing mm-hmm. right there looking at it, and he doesn't call anything. And, um, you know, and that that's the same – that was the same guy. And um, I don't know if you saw – I don't know if y'all saw oh, – there's a – do what now? When Grant got elbowed in the face and called for a foul? Yeah, and that the the thing about that is I understand what the referee was looking at. The problem was he was behind the he was behind the offensive player, so he couldn't actually see how close Grant was. He was calling he was calling a cylinder infraction on Grant, so it wasn't like Grant actually fouled him. It was Grant got hit in the face, but he but because of the personal space like law of, you know fat rule or whatever they have in play now. If you get up in a guy's face and he he hits you in the face, then it's actually a foul on you for being in his personal space. That that allows a guy to move, you know, to like swing the ball in front of him and, and stuff like the offensive player to be able to take the ball from one side to his other without getting hit. And if you do hit, if you do hit somebody, you know, and it's not an on purpose hit, um, that's where the cylinder rule or the you know the personal space rule comes in. And I and I understand what he saw there, but he was behind the offensive guy and he couldn't tell yep. that Grant was actually not that close to him. And the guy really did throw an elbow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, they should you know, they can't take a foul off. But if there was ever a case where if you're going to look at something and review it, that foul probably should have came off. 
because that was, I mean, Grant did nothing. I mean, he's just standing there. But I mean, he was running up to him and he stopped, but he didn't cause contact and he wasn't in his personal space. During the course of the year, though, I, I know that there have been a few times when we've <laughs> complained about officiating. Uh, I'm sure just about everybody's complaining about officiating around the SEC, but we were able to say, you know, this is nice that we can complain about how bad the officials were and we won because it doesn't sound like we're sore losers. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the last couple of games we've lost and officiating has has played a role with at, with LSU it was at, at some critical times at the end of the game but you know really my feeling of that game was that the Vols had plenty of opportunities it seemed like we'd go down the court and make a good defensive stand and and make a play and get the ball and uh, LSU would throw up a bad shot because the cl- uh, time clock was running down and then we'd go down right. and make a stupid pass I agree um, with that. it was just so frustrating mm-hmm. because I kept telling uh, Mrs. Bleed Orange during that said, this is just crazy I mean Tennessee should be running these guys out of the gym here at the end of the game and in overtime, but we just flat out were not executing when we went down to the offensive end. And Grant Williams did not play his game, it seemed like, until the last couple minutes of the game and then in overtime. He looked more physical. Um, he, you know, he made, he posted up more. And instead of falling away when he would shoot the ball, he was going to the rim. And, and you know, that, I don't think they blocked any of his shots. And he got just, he got fouled on just about every single one of those. Well, Vol fan in LA, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on all that? Because, you know, it, it looks to me like this Tennessee team has gone through an ebb and flow throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, we've, we, we could see that we're winning a lot of great games earlier in the year and still a lot of room for improvement. Then we got it enamored with our offense and kind of lost our way on defense a little bit. Um, gosh, you know, that game uh, against LSU, it seemed like we were just a little, still a little disjointed even though we scored 80 points in overtime it's it kind of a disjointed effort so I mean you know what are your thoughts on the game I've kept up with this team pretty probably more so than the last two or three years and I was riding the high like everyone else you know we're winning and just you know pulling out some at the end and then just destroying people you know and getting all excited and then it's like they just come apart now we saw we all saw Kentucky I only want to bring that up but I wanted to agree with you on something bleeding orange a second ago you said like the officiating and all I'm anyone knows me I don't hardly ever say that like I've been on the board talking about well the Saints you know we were talking about all that you know the Saints could have put it away could put it away but I'm telling you I watched this game this Tennessee LSU game and I'm like man there is some home cooking going on down in Baton Rouge because it yeah. felt like the officiating yeah there toward the last few minutes of the game and overtime I'm like are you kidding me you know it's like it just felt like there was an element to it like no matter what we did it was going to be out of our control it was like you know the officiating took control of that game and decided it at the end I, I really feel like and not not and not that it not and not that it matters but I don't know if you saw yeah. I, I saw I saw a tweet this afternoon where um you know, at the end of the game, well, our last possession where we had 0.6 seconds left on the clock. Actually, they, 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 there really was actually supposed to be 1.4 seconds left. And there was a tweet that I saw um, yeah. that had the last little segment of the game where, the, where the, um, the referee was at the monitor. He looks, he gets done. He walks over to the, um, to the clock guy. He walks over to him. And he and you could clear him. You can see him clearly. Um, you could read his words, and you, he put up one point one four with his hand. And they never changed the clock. Now it wouldn't have made any difference, but that's still, um, you know, that's still uh, unacceptable. I mean, well, that they can't right. get that when, when he sits there and tells him to do that, and he doesn't do it. I mean, you can dribble. You can dribble, right. and take a shot, not just catch it and chuck it with, with point six. Yeah. 
and that's the th- and, and that's the thing because if if you, if the play happened the way it did and we had 1.4 seconds left, uh, Grant would have had time to look at the basket instead of just throwing it yeah. up, up up there. Basically, he could at least like planted his you know planted two feet and then maybe turned and looked at it. He would have had enough time to do that. You know, not saying it would have went in or anything, and, and not saying that cost of the game. It obviously didn't. But yeah. the fact that yeah. they kept, they that that was not, um, and and none of the referees picked it up either. And that's even more amazing that he tells the guy to you know put up 1.4 seconds, and nobody looks back at the clock to check it. Yeah, that part's yeah. unbelievable. That and that's malpractice right there. That's it's it's. Uh, I think really one of the things as far as the you know, referees just kind of staying on this wavelength real quick. And pal, you made the point earlier around all the layups that 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 one. Guy I kept making and they were not difficult plays honestly he did an inside out dribble and went right every freaking time mm-hmm. read him out yeah. and he went right and yeah. there are other there are times where he was going in and he was he was looking for the contact but when you've got so many guys with four fouls they were mm-hmm. I think yeah, in that um, game, they were afraid to foul out because a lot of them yeah. have fouled out. So it was like they're like, "Well, I don't want to be the one that fouls out this time, you know, because this thing might be going. Who knows what what Barnes is saying? This thing's yeah. going to go to OT. This thing's going to go. Who knows? But they were. I think they were afraid of fouling out, and that kid took advantage of it. And again, they were not special plays, but when when you give up, what I don't even know if maybe four layups in a row by the same guy, and he's sitting yeah. there flexing and clapping and stuff. I'm like, these are just standard plays. <laughs> <laughs> but when nobody's going to go body this guy up, um, I mean, you know, anybody could have made those layups. But, um, and, and again, speaking of layups, I know that, Will, you know, Grant Williams had a wide open layup that he missed as well in the game, which was, maybe it was two. It was pretty sad, one of the layups that he had. Um, he's probably expecting to get knocked around. That's why he missed it. Well, you know, and he's trying yeah. to count for the height too. So, um, one thing that... banked it in. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he was right under the goal and he went up and it was kind of like a finger roll type thing and it, it just, it f- probably felt weird coming off of his hands, but um, Powell, to your point, he did come on, you know, later on in that game and in and, and an overtime as well. Um, you know, one thing is that... All right, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, one, somebody yep. says something about, about free throws and how important they are. Yep. If they get, um, think about this. Um, on the, the flavorite one that they did call on Grant, or on the other guy that threw Grant down at the first of the game, um, Turner shot those free throws and he missed both of them. Right. Yep. And so and that, I mean, was, it, go ahead. Turner was Turner was on was the the on ball defender for that guy who kept driving to his right and finally uh, yeah. Kyle Alexander started rotating over. The guy was not even looking to penetrate and pass. Um, Kyle started finally rotating over and providing some help defense there and started blocking some of those. But yeah. I think Turner had four fouls at the time himself. And but and and there was a, a thread there. Somebody said, oh, that's bad coaching by Barnes that that kept happening. I, you know, I said, my response to that was, my gosh, you know, son, back when you were in middle school, we tried to teach you guys, you know, to try and force guys to their left because most of them were right-handed and uh, and not let them take that right-hand dribble. And, you know, coaching or not, I can't believe that Rick Barnes wasn't saying anything about it uh, when presented the opportunity and timeouts or that sort of thing. But even as a, a collegiate player that's been in the system and, and playing basketball through all the AAU years and everything else, come on, these guys know better than that. You don't, you don't let a, 
an obvious right-handed dominant guy drive to to his right like that. You just don't. Also, something else is, and I'm 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 not one. I'm not going to criticize Barnes. I mean, we are where we are because of him. And um, but I will say that once it was apparent that was their game plan when it got late in the game, which was spread spread the floor and let that guy take turns. We should have made a change then. We should have put Bowden on him. We should have done something different. Okay, because that guy was going to. It's just it's it's not Bowden's fault. I mean, he can. I mean, he's he was. I think he was probably two or three inches shorter than that guy, and he's just not a great on-ball defender. I mean, he's just not a very good defender one-on-one like that. And and it looked like to me we had actually made a defensive adjustment during the game. We we've talked about this in other podcasts where um, it seems like we the wing guys do a lot of helping out when somebody takes the ball when somebody drives the ball in, and that's where they've been kicking out and hitting a lot of threes. Well. We wasn't helping out on that, I don't believe, as much as what we had been. And so, and that gave more room for that guy to drive in because, the, like I said, the whoever the whoever the wing is on that side or the whoever's guarding the, the forward or whatever was not stepping up and helping out in that situation. And that guy was getting easy layups every time, just like you were saying, Orange Blood. Yeah, and the thing is, the whole principle of, of, uh, of help defense like that is that you do have people who can – you know, on backside to come in and help out. And for whatever reason, when that guy was driving the basket, he was unmolested by anybody else on the team. And that's yeah. not supposed to happen either. And finally, Kyle started rotating over and taking care of that. And like I say, that kid became so enamored with himself, he he wasn't even looking to pass it or kick it out to anybody. He was going to go throw that shot up and Kyle started blocking yeah. And that helped. But see, go ahead. What is it about this team? Though? I mean, even the winning and all, it never fails. There's one player on the opposing team were always going to make look like a superstar. And it was Javante Smart in this game. You know, whatever he wanted to do at the point guard position, even when he was on defense, I mean, he was just running all over our players and just no calls. And I'm like, wow, you know, and just let him play. This team has a knack of letting one person be a superstar against them every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, the slogan. I think I texted that out to the group. I said, you know, Tennessee's slogan shouldn't be, you know, we dad or whatever the, all those slogans are. It should be, you know, we'll, we'll make you a superstar. And that's the thing. For yeah. that reason, it's like you've got, you know, Naz Reed that scores one point and really didn't even play in the first half. And Tennessee out-rebounds LSU and they don't have waters. And then you got this guy that averages 10 or 12 points a game going off for almost 30. It's unbelievable. So, um, that's kind of a typical Tennessee thing. And, you know, I'm not being a, a naysayer. I, you know, I made a thread, you know, no. I'll ask you, Volfan in LA, what, what you think, or PTC, even if you want to chime in on this. But, um, you know, Alexander and Grant, you know, part of it was a little bit of a troll, and I got some people hook, line, and sinker on it. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to get a little frustrated with Williams. He is our all, All-American player. But on the other side of it, all he does is just yap at the referees on every call. And he – We've already talked for about 20 minutes about how bad the referees were. So I get it, the elbows in the face and pushing him around and everything. But do you guys think that he's maybe drank the Kool-Aid a little too much about himself and he needs to get back to where he was like that last five minutes of the game? That that Grant Williams, not the one that's just flexing his muscle every single time, but the one that's actually flexing the muscle and getting after it. What do you think, Volfan? I knew, you know, talking about the thread, you know, I, I kind of knew what you were saying when you put that on there, you know, and I jumped in there and trying to help you out a little bit. <laughs> but at the same oh, yeah. time, there there is some truth to what you're saying in that. I felt that way, you know, a little bit about Grant Williams. I'm like, man, this is what, you know, sometimes he'll leave, go away for 
several minutes at a time. And then I watch him. He showed up. And he just basically tried to put this team on his shoulders. I'm like, yeah, where has that guy been, you know, the 10 minutes before that? And I know exactly what you're saying. I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee needs that player. They need yeah. – if Tennessee wants to make it to the Final Four, they need – a Grant Williams that is going to be the Grant Williams that we know about yeah. for the whole Shut game. Up and play. <laughs> right. Shut up and play. Yeah. And Schofield, you know, he gets all fired up and everything. He can go do his thing. He's gone off on a number of games. He had, a, I thought he had a great game. Kudos to him. PTC, what do you think? Is there another player that could be an X factor for this team, or is it really just kind of ride on Schofield and Williams? Well, we need Bowden, Bowden, Turner to shoot better for that matter. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, our guard play has been atrocious the past uh, three, four games, and they've got to get out of the slump. They've got to be more aggressive, go into the hole. Um, you've got to do something because what they're doing now just isn't working. Pulling up uh, mid-race jumpers aren't going in for them, and they're even, you know, they're even shooting them on balance. But you need to, if you're not going to be able to create three-point plays by shooting three-quarters and making them, do so the old-fashioned way. Drive to the hole, make a tough contested layup, get fouled, get over the free throw line, make a free throw. Uh, Got to figure out a way to to really to steal a baseball term to play small ball, and there, we have you just have to. Uh, but we got to have those three getting back into it. I've been really disappointed with how uh, Alexander has played yep. over the past couple of yeah. weeks. His Absolutely. defense and his rebounding have been freakishly horrible. Um, you know, I agree with everybody who's like, and, you know, everybody's like, Alexander's a NBA player. Well, no, he's not. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's just he's afraid to get physical because right. he's watching Grant get thrown on the floor quite literally right. or what. And as far as Grant complaining to the rest, I think he's just tired of getting up after every game and walking around like, an old man with a back that's about to, you know, snap in half. Yeah. You know, he, he hits his hip, his backside, and his back and shoulders, what, three, four times a game on the floor? And it's not because he wants to. It's because they're literally taking his legs out from under. Right. Grant um, is getting – I agree. He's getting tired of getting beat up in these games and the yeah. officials letting it happen. Yeah. And, you know, if they if get a couple of calls a game, love? then it'll be better. Why is he not but, getting the love then? Why does Tennessee not get love at all? I'm saying why, why – yeah, why is Williams yeah. not getting the love? Every, I mean, they're giving him all the love on TV. Why is he not giving it – you know, getting that respect in the games? Let's call it at Kentucky and at LSU. That's that yeah, has more to do with it. That's exactly right. Yeah. That has more to that has more to do with it than anything right there. Because yeah. if you because Grant, you're talking about no love for Grant Williams or whatever. I, there was, I mean, it was a couple weeks ago, but there was a stat that was thrown up on a screen when he was shooting a free throw, where he um, where he he had he had shot more free throws than some teams combined had shot free throws during a year. Right. That guy gets that yeah. guy gets the majority of the calls for right. him. Right. Um, he, you know, but when you go on a road, you can't, for whatever reason, the first 37 minutes of that game, he played weak. I don't know why he did. Right. I don't know if maybe, maybe he is hurt. Maybe something is hurting with him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden he just, it was just like, oh, Grant Williams all of a sudden came out, of, came out of the woods, you know, or whatever. And he played exactly the way he usually, usually plays. But for whatever, but I don't know if he's if he's mentally afraid he's going to get his shot blocked or what. But he showed in overtime in the last two three minutes of the game that he can still go to the rim and not get his shot blocked and get fouled. 
Right. And, and he's done it against guys that were that are you know three or four inches taller than him, and they can also jump more better than he can. Yeah. No, well, I think- we're also they're they're also I mean they're trying to run the offense through him, but you know one of the things that you know you go through an ebb and a flow through the season with as a team, uh, but you also do it as individuals, and you know it may be time to let Lamont Turner come off the bench. Maybe he. Uh, does better sitting on the bench for a few minutes and taking in the game and the atmosphere and things like that before he comes in. Uh, the problem, though, is that Bowden, um, <clears throat> while he was showing a proclivity for shooting himself uh, and was doing well earlier in the year, especially since SEC play started, uh, he's he's now become quite tenant. And there were several times during that game when he got the ball out on the at the top of the circle, had a th- a, a wide open three point shot to take, and he didn't take it. And this happened a few times. And son, you know this. What does the defense do when they've got a guy out there they know is not going to pull the trigger? They they break well, inside. About and, me? Hey, I I, yeah. I looked at those press clippings. I had 14, 16 points a couple of times. So no, no, I'm not talking about you, son. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was going to say it still know, can't be a mod. Wow. Yeah, and I can't even get mods. <laughs> I know. Wait, um, oh. was you talking about? I didn't hear everything right there. Was you talking about Bowden just then? Yeah, Bowden. Bowden is yeah. is not you know taking what? his yeah. shots when he's wide open, and he's going to have to be willing to do that. I'm. I think that right now that team is thinking a little bit too much, um, and that, you know, there that you can hear them in the last few games. Oh, we got to take that extra pass. We're not. We're, yeah. you know, going for the threes too, too often or whatever. He had times when he could have taken a couple of dribbles toward the basket and shot, and nobody would have been around him. And he just well, wasn't. He, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't played. He hasn't. And I'm just, just sort of thinking about this. I was actually thinking about this during the game. He hasn't played all that well um, since a few games ago when he had to sit out because he hurt his ankle, like in warm-ups or whatever. He hasn't played all that well since then. So I don't know if maybe that's mm-hmm. something that's going on with him. Or what? But uh, um, he does always. In I remember the. I believe it was the game before he he had to set he set out because of his ankle, or whatever. The few games right before that, like he was taking as many shots as anybody was on the team, and he was he looked really good off the dribble and taking people, and he was doing that little that little curl at the elbow like show, uh, uh, Admiral does quite a bit. He was coming off that pick and hitting uh, you know quite a few jumpers there and stuff, and he looked really active. And now, all of a sudden, he just don't look active anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing, too, guys, is, I mean, we, we talked about uh, some individuals that have been going off on us. A um, couple of things there. First of all, you got a, a scouting report. And these guys are looking at, um, sometimes you're looking at what the other team is going to do. And you'll say, okay, this guy we're going to make him beat us, but we're not going to make this guy and that guy beat us. And yeah. kind of what Rob Lewis was saying in his article is like, my gosh, these other two studs for LSU didn't do anything. Uh, but this other guy went a little bit crazy. And uh, I, I think that that went off a little bit oddly there, the way they let him drive and that sort of thing, of course. But, um, you know, the other part of that is when was the last time that Tennessee did not play in front of a sellout crowd? I mean, every uh, we we've kind of become like the second Kentucky this year. 
And every game we play, we're getting everybody's get best game. Uh, now, I'm not you know, saying uh, the officials are giving us their best game, but the other teams are yeah. on. People are showing up. Bleed Orange, you made a good point about scouting report. And let me ask you this. This is something that uh, you that just triggered this uh, thought. So the, the scouting report that we had prior to the game 100% included Tremont Waters. Right. How much did him not playing affect what we were able to do in that game? Or what well, we didn't know about what to do exactly. to change. That's, right. what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you can go back to uh, the SEC championship game many years ago against LSU when we knocked out, what was it, Rohan Davey? And That's somebody it. else yeah. came in. And all of a sudden we got a running quarterback in there and third and Chavis doesn't know what to do about it. <laughs> and uh, the team wasn't prepared. And, you know, sometimes, yes. of course, we'd all love to have third and Chavis back lots of times over the years. But um, yes. but the fact of the matter is that sometimes a guy can surprise you. Um, and it's not like LSU is not a talented team. They're a young team, but uh, they've got some really talented guys on there. And they just didn't account for them. And, but I still go back to my – my basic premise is there was a way to stop that guy from driving. The on-ball yeah. defender does not let him drive to his right. You do everything you can in the world to make him go left. And there actually were defenders to his left, and we still let him drive right. And then Kyle Alexander or somebody needed to ro rotate back and provide some help defense. That didn't happen initially, but finally after several times, they started to do that. Yeah, those are all interesting points, actually. Think kind of thinking about it. Um, you know, maybe they, they didn't even game plan at all for these guys. But again, you would hope with the staff that uh, Barnes would have been able to recognize, hey, our guys aren't guarding the, the one person driving right-handed. But uh, anyway, so no, all really interesting stuff, guys, tonight on, on the Tennessee basketballs. I, you know, again, still some really tough games coming up, unfortunately. Um, and you know, we didn't really get to talk a little bit about, you know, talk much about the bench, but I want to give a quick shout out. Well, we talked about Bowden a little bit, but uh, shout out to my boy, Fulkerson. Keep doing your thing, man. 16 minutes. I love you, man. You're starting to get your legs back. So he, he had a beautiful assist under the basket to Williams, four rebounds. Yeah. I thought he was really physical. He didn't fall to the ground like um, as I, much. No, he did not fall <laughs> to the ground. Alexander was. It's like he was dropping quarters on the ground trying to pick him up or something. I don't know what Alexander's deal was, but uh, you know, uh, Fulkerson, kudos, man, on 16 minutes. I think he, I think Folky needs to be in the you know 20 to 22 minutes. Um, give him, give him a little bit of a burn there because I thought there was something there, um, and I would would have loved to see Pons get a shot, but I think they got to shake something up here with with Turner. Um, he, I think he needs to go back to the bench, but anyway, so, um, one of the, one of the other things I did want to bring up to you guys, you know, let's, let's just talk NCAA tournament and SEC, well, SEC tournament first NCAA tournament ball fan in LA. I'll ask you, do you think Tennessee wins the SEC tournament? Uh, you can be as dramatic or not as you want. Mm -hmm. also, what seed do you think Tennessee is going to be? Based off of that tournament, in the NCAA tournament, I believe uh, I believe the SEC tournament is going to probably be the deciding factor. Of course, you know what seed we get in the tournament. I can see them if if we can get better guard play. You know, if we can get bone. I mean, just get some of those guys shooting a little better from the outside. Maybe give Grant a little bit of room. You know, do his thing inside. We may, you know, we might can just take Kentucky. I mean, I really think it's possible. But yeah, if we win the SEC tournament. I believe we're a one seed. I mean, I believe it, but, you know, depends on how deep we go. So maybe a one seed 
I don't know if we lost him or not last year or not. Yeah, we lost him there for a second, so that's uh, he disconnected. Hopefully, he'll figure out how to get back here. But PTC what, or Powell, I'll go to you, man. What do you think? Uh, how do you think we end up in the SEC tourney? And then how do you think? Where do you think we get seated in the uh, NCAA? I don't think I don't think we have to win the SEC tournament to be a number one seed. Okay. Um, just I think that going in, if you if you're in, unless you're if you're if we're playing Kentucky or LSU on Sunday then the seeds will already be made, I think. Um, and I kind of always felt like the committee had a pretty good idea where they were going to have everybody anyway before that point because the body of work's already there. You're not going to move people around too much over one game. But if, if, if we, in my opinion, if we win the rest of our games, if we win out in the season and we make it to Sunday, I think we're a number one seed. Okay, interesting. Um, it looks like we got uh, Volfan in LA back. So thank you for joining back, man. I know we get disconnected sometimes, so I'll, I yeah. will delete this part, but uh, don't worry about it. So yeah, thanks for, for okay. joining back. Um, so really quickly, Volfan in LA. So you said you think we can be a 1C. What is your prediction though? Because we like to hold people to these and chastise you if you're wrong. So what do you think? I, I think we get beat in the championship game in our turn. Okay. That's what I believe. I don't know who it's going to be, but that's I believe that's how it ends up. I believe we go all the way to the last game and that's it. Probably end up a 2C in the tournament, maybe a 3. Okay. So no, that's that's solid. That's solid. And uh, Bleed Orin, what do you think? I know you've got some crazy predictions. You've really gone out on limbs. Uh <laughs> <laughs> on PodQuest with some really wa- wacky ones. So what do you think? Wacky. Well, I really... Kooky, is that better? <laughs> Either one. Yeah, I don't son. You know, the thing is that one thing that this team is experiencing this year, basketball season is long season. And it takes a toll on these guys, both, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. You know, they are student athletes. They still have to go to class. Uh, You know, there's there's a real grind involved there. And I just wonder how much uh, the additional strain of being uh, really considered for most of the season the top team in the SEC and one of the top teams in the country and the way everybody's been coming at them and after them. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what toll it takes on them here at the end of the season. Um, you know, they didn't just wilt and fall away against LSU, but they they had some trouble executing at the end of the game. Was that fatigue physically and mentally? I, I don't know. I think that we don't know yet, but it's going to be I would say right now, I can't, I'm not sure I see Tennessee winning the SEC either. And I wouldn't have said that a month ago. But at this point, I see some weaknesses. I still feel like they've almost are still trying to find themselves a little bit as a team. Um, I think they can certainly get there. It wouldn't surprise me if they did, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. All right, what seed do you think in the uh, in the NCAA tourney? Well, <clears throat> you'll probably troll uh, PodQuest groups and saying they're going to be a four seed or something like that. <laughs> Sure you got the notes for the show early. We gave them. <laughs> yeah. So I think I, you know, obviously if they don't win the SEC, they're a two seed. If they win the SEC, they'll be a one seed. And one of the things that will really help them in that is because they were number one so much during the season that um, they they have a name and something of an expectation. I would hope, uh, even though even though they're a little bit of a newcomer to that level of. Uh, NCAA basketball. I think they had a lot of respect during the course of the season. So I, I think they can get back there, but it's going to be a tough journey. Good, good. No, that's good. PTC, where do you think we land? SEC and, and NCAA? I think at best we share the conference 
championship, but we need some help from um, LSU, and we have to beat Kentucky on Saturday. If All right, we don't, Rob, uh, didn't Rob Lewis say that? If, I mean, come on, it's obvious. If we don't, then <laughs> we're not going to get there, period. I think um, person got we're not good. I don't think we win the SEC tourney. Yeah. I just don't think we do. Um, we've, if, especially if we have to play Kentucky and LSU, not going to happen. Um, and as far as the tournament, I think the worst that will be is a three seed, but I still think we have a chance at a one seed. Okay. And I'm talking about the three seed. You know, Noah's Ark would have to come floating down, you know, uh, freaking Kingston Pike in order for that to happen. So I think it's more than likely a two seed, but one seed is still attainable. Okay. Okay. No, I, I got you there. Um, and for me. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. It's been fun having you. <laughs> wow. You mean, nobody wants, you mean nobody wants my opinion on anything? <laughs> no, it's not I I've it. actually been told that a number of times. So wow. it would not be something new. That I haven't told you that lately, son. I know. Well, yes. You've, you just said that. You've told me before that I don't make you proud. That not anything about my opinion, but uh, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. But for me, just really quickly, it's been a, it's been a really fun season. And I know we have a number of games left, but as far as SEC tournament, I think Tennessee loses in the semifinals. Yeah, you know, I think they'll get that double round by. So they'll get to the quarters. They'll win one of those games, and they're going to lose in the semis. Now, what that I think this team is fatigued. I think this team is not healthy. They've been beat up. They've gotten everybody's best um, every single night. And Rick Barnes has not utilized his bench. And now it's the the chickens are coming to roost now. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think with that being said, that is why they have kind of fallen over these number of games. Again, it's not the whole end of the world. It's just that's the difference between being number one seed right now, you know, being number one in the polls and, and losing at Kentucky and losing at LSU, a, a game they probably should not have lost at LSU. So anyway, my point being, I think they're beat up, but what's going to happen is Tennessee will be a number three seed after this. There will be a lot of disrespect, in my opinion, shown to them as them being that they'll be the first number three seed, if that makes sense. And what I'm thinking of it as is very similar to when Georgia Tech in 2004 went to the NCAA Final Four. Um, They were a number three seed, and they kind of shocked the world. And I think Tennessee needs to be in that spot versus a number one seed with a target on their back. They need to be a number three seed to get, you know, to the, the Final Four and beyond. So, um, it'll be interesting nonetheless, and we're going to do final – not final four. Yeah, we'll do final four predictions and all that. Who? Hey, my, why don't we do a, uh, a bracket thing this year? Would you guys want to do that? We can do yeah, all- we can do that. Yeah, sure. How about that? that see, we're, we're always thinking of innovative ideas here, so maybe we'll look at putting something together. Um, we'll have Bleed Orange uh, host it, and we'll do a uh, – or you can put all the stuff together for us, Bleed Orange, and we'll do um, a bracket challenge. Uh, for the boards that'll be exciting but anyway it's been a really fun night anything else that we want to talk about before the evening is over it was great having involved fan in la tonight yeah thank you for coming on my friend it's uh it's always good to have you on thanks for having me appreciate it had a lot of fun yeah really it was really good having you on man and and we appreciate you listening and so happy to have you on man we want to have you on as many times as you want to be on here because 
I thought you did. You're a pro, and you did a, a magnificent job. Appreciate it. I'm ready for football season next year. Let me just throw that out. Yeah. But now the only question I have is uh, after the star is born, and you said that there were favors done after the movie was over. Yeah. Call it. What did you that will. involve your singing at all? Was there any oh. singing involved? Ooh. No. Not, no. There's we, no. 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 There's there's not a lot. No. Uh, no singing involved. It's probably mostly silence in the dark. So. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of darkness and a lot of That's right. Uh, okay. yeah, they always say Miss America is one might switch away from. <laughs> Not me. Turn it into porn quest. Oh, man. Well, no, that's, uh, that's the 995. Um, good thing I've only loaded a couple of sounds here tonight. I'd be clicking on a bunch of ones. But uh, <laughs> uh, we, we appreciate everybody listening again. Um, one thing I'll run through, again, as we continue to grow this thing, we're going to add a number of different avenues for, for you to download the podcast. So we'll keep doing SoundCloud. We've got iTunes going. We're going to have Google Play going. We're going to have a number of different things. But I'm so excited about it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go Vols and the the casters. You guys can say goodbye this time. We'll give you guys the goodbye. Good night, everybody. Good night, Have everyone. a blessed week. Look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Thanks for listening. Yep.